I love cemeteries. Back in college, I lived in a dorm that overlooked a massive one. I would often go through the cemetery gates, walk amongst the tombstones, and read the names and dates on all the monuments and grave markers, all the while feeling a sense of awe, sadness, wonder, fear, all swirl together into a feeling that's hard to put into words. We as a society often have a strange relationship with cemeteries, the same way most humans have a strange relationship with death in general. This often reveals itself as fear. Sometimes cemeteries work as a lightning rod for this fear, and I can think of no better example than London's Highgate Cemetery. My name is Jake Barton. Welcome to Historium. Episode 24, The Horror at Highgate. You are walking through Highgate Cemetery. A canopy of green towers over you as tombstones overgrown with vines line the sides of what could barely be called a path. An ancient stone cross lies toppled on the ground, slowly being claimed back by the foliage. Tangles of branches crack under your feet as you approach a tall stone monument, surrounded by perhaps a dozen unkempt tombstones. You turn to see a figure behind a tree. A closer look shows a marble angel who appears to have lost a wing bowed in prayer. You continue along, passing stubborn trees. Eventually, you reach a clearing with hundreds, maybe thousands of tombstones, marking the resting places of English men and women from a bygone era. As you continue walking, you are inundated with loving fathers and beloved mothers, in loving memories and in memoriams, birthdays and death days, gone too soons and gone but not forgottens. As you pass a massive tomb, slowly losing its battle against the moss, you approach a different part of the cemetery. Based on the organization and ornate design, it's safe to assume that this is the resting place of the more wealthy. But despite all the money thrown into the immaculate marble designs and beautiful Gothic architecture, this area too was being overtaken by nature and time. A good a metaphor is any. All of a sudden, you feel what can only be described as a dark presence behind you. Turning around, you see nothing. But the fear remains. Perhaps it was just nothing, right? Highgate Cemetery was created in 1839 in an effort to ease the burden on the literally overflowing inner-city London cemeteries. Set up in the wooded area northwest of London, Highgate became a very prominent location as more and more dead were being transferred there. The cemetery continued to grow throughout the Highgate region, eventually covering several square miles. But around the turn of the century, not enough public funds were provided for the upkeep of Highgate Cemetery, and slowly, over the decades, it fell into a state of disrepair. By the 1960s, rumors of evil occultists and mischievous activities in the overgrown cemetery brought all sorts of people, ranging from paranormal investigators to college students, to roam the old cemetery grounds. Some investigators stumbled upon burnt-down black candles and satanic markings in mausoleums or on headstones. This only fueled interest in Highgate. By the mid-60s, if you and a group of friends were poking around the old cemetery, you would often run into dozens of other groups looking around as well. By the late 60s, ghost stories began emerging from the cemetery with eerily similar characteristics. Most reports included the presence of a very tall, dark figure with piercing red eyes. In 1968, flowers had been taken from grave sites and arranged in a massive arrow, which, if followed, led to an uncovered casket. 
The casket had been opened, and the corpse inside had been mutilated with a massive metal cross stuck into its chest. The story of the graveyard desecration spread quickly. In 1969, an older woman was walking her dog near the outskirts of Highgate Cemetery. Suddenly, her dog refused to go any farther. The woman pulled on the dog's leash, but to no avail. The dog simply refused to go anywhere near the cemetery itself. Frustrated with the dog, the woman turned to the cemetery to see a dark figure approaching the cemetery gate, and it seemed as if it was floating. The dog growled. The old woman was frozen in terror until a light shone behind her. She turned from the specter to see a car approaching on the road, its lights illuminating the area around her and her dog. When she turned back to the cemetery, the figure was gone. This story spread, and even more Londoners became interested in Highgate. There were dozens more ghost sightings as 1969 drew to a close. A figure walking into a lake, a woman in white at the cemetery gate, church bells ringing from random locations. But the most common one was the sighting of an impossibly tall, black-shrouded figure with those dark red eyes. Some sightings report the dark specter as wearing a top hat as well. The British Paranormal and Occult Society had been monitoring these reports since the beginning and decided it was now time to take action. One of the society's more eccentric and outspoken members, a paranormal investigator named David Ferrant, began looking into the cemetery hauntings. After a day of interviewing people who claimed to have seen the apparition in Highgate, he decided to investigate the cemetery himself. When he was in the round circle of tombs, he felt a presence behind him. He turned, and sure enough, a massive dark figure approached, hovering inches off the ground. David Ferrant found himself completely immobilized. No matter what he did or how hard he tried, he was frozen in place as the specter moved ever closer. Ferrant felt his energy being leached from his body and tried to avoid the gaze of the red eyes. With the last of his strength, he muttered an old incantation that supposedly warded off evil spirits. And just like that, the being was gone. Exhausted, Ferenc stumbled out of the cemetery and reported what had happened to him to the British Paranormal and Occult Society. Another prominent figure investigating Highgate at this time was a man by the name of Sean Manchester. Manchester was a self-proclaimed bishop of what he called the Old Catholic Church and claimed to be a highly successful vampire hunter. After David Ferrant told of his experience in the cemetery, Manchester immediately proclaimed the leeching of Ferrant's energy as the work of a powerful psychic vampire, one that he intended to track down and kill. And the press ate it up. Tourists from all over England began flocking to the sprawling cemetery in droves to try to get a glimpse of the terrifying Highgate vampire. Newspaper articles released daily telling tall tales of a tall, dark figure haunting the massive cemetery. Sean Manchester, with his knack for theatrics, wove passionate tales of a cursed nobleman from Eastern Europe being transferred to England and buried in Highgate Cemetery in the 19th century, and that that nobleman had recently risen from the dead as a high vampire king. All the while, the British Paranormal Occult Society tried to keep the investigation serious, However, that was a bit difficult with a self-proclaimed vampire hunter capturing the public's imagination. All the while, strange occurrences continued to be reported in the cemetery. Foxes turned up dead without a mark, but when examined, they were found with no blood inside them. There were some reports of women being choked, 
by what seemed to be nothing at all. Sightings of that tall, dark figure with the red eyes, now labeled as the Highgate Vampire, continued to roll in. Sean Manchester declared a day in March 1970 as an official vampire hunting day. It would be held on Friday the 13th. Police and news camera crews were all over Highgate, watching as the sun set. The police did the best they could to stop the flood of Van Helsing wannabes, but there were just too many. Paranormal enthusiasts coupled with drunken college students hopped the fences and enjoyed a night of vampire hunting. David Ferrant insisted that the specter in Highgate was a result of satanic cultists meddling with powers they couldn't possibly understand, not some weird ancient vampire. Naturally, he was furious at Manchester for turning a serious matter into some strange fantasy cosplay and publicly rebuked him. Manchester quickly did the same to Ferrant. The press ran stories frequently throughout the early 70s about strange occurrences at Highgate or updates on possible vampire sightings. Manchester reported performing an exorcism that severely weakened the vampire and claimed that he is responsible for the lower frequency of sightings in the later years. And Ferrant continued to work with the British Paranormal and Occult Society. The rivalry between Manchester and Ferrant culminated in a supposed magician's duel between the two paranormal investigators. Despite the strange excitement around a proposed magician's duel in 1973, it never actually came to fruition. Although the duel never happened, Ferrant and Manchester continued to quarrel. Both were very active in trying to investigate the massive cemetery, and both frequently scorned the other's efforts to do the same. Ferrant was arrested in 1974, when police found him in a mausoleum holding a crucifix, standing among several desecrated bodies and vandalized tombs. Ferrant spent a few days in jail despite insisting that he was merely investigating what the cultists had done the night before. Eventually, the media grew tired of possible vampires and eccentric paranormal investigators and moved on to other stories. But both Ferrant and Manchester still investigate Highgate Cemetery to this day. Oh, and uh, you can also follow them both on Twitter. Today, paranormal investigators look at Highgate Cemetery and what was seen there, and they try to come up with explanations like psychic hotspots or infrasound or ley lines. But I think they all miss the point. Ferrant and Manchester both published several books that made each a fair deal of money. And I'm not claiming that Ferrant or Manchester were evil snake oil salesmen deliberately deceiving Londoners in the 1970s, but I think we can all agree that it's very difficult to be 100% skeptical of something, especially when that something helps put food on the table, even if that something is making a living off of the dead. On the other hand, maybe people like them can help show us that perhaps there's some things we'll just never know, and that maybe we should be more comfortable with mysticism and the unexplained. Regardless, Highgate Cemetery represents what I believe all cemeteries represent, impermanence. The idea that we will one day die and join the ranks of the dead that we bury in a single place. That impermanence and natural fear that comes with it expresses itself in a variety of ways and can look like many things. Sometimes it looks like a tall, dark figure floating inches off the ground, staring right at you with its piercing red eyes. Historium is written and produced by me, Jake Barton, and is a proud member of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. 
If you're a fan of the show, check it out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Historium merch is available at orbitaljigsaw.com, and if you would like to help Historium episodes be longer, better, and more frequent, please donate at patreon.com historium. Every single bit counts. As always, thanks for listening.